0: Hi, this is Alan from the, from the LinuxLink Tech Show. See, I told you I was going to screw this up.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, take two. Hi, this is Alan from the LinuxLink Tech Show, live at the Ohio Linux Fest 2009. And you're listening to Linux in the Ham Shack. See, I made it right that time.
2: Back to Lennox Ham Shack, My name is Richard, KB5JBV, down here with uh, silic acid damage. And uh, I think I probably need to turn it over to the guy in the Pine Forest up
0: there so he can introduce himself. Say hello to everybody, Rust. Hello everybody, this is Russ. I'm up here in the Pine Forest. I'm hepped up on Tylenol and I'm ready to go. I got a uh, new mobile rig, so I'm mobile again. Things are happening, things are good. So how's it going down there?
2: Life has just been so peachy. If it was any better, I would have to pay somebody for it. Okay. That was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, things have been going pretty well. Work has slowed down. Uh, well, that's in the other room. I'm sorry. Let me uh, say hello to everybody in the chat room while I'm thinking about it because there was a comment in there and my response is that's in the other room. Uh, we'd like to welcome, uh, let's see. Uh, the Ustream bot. Welcome, Ustream bot. Uh, Cheryl, uh, Cheryl, and K Bill, K9WKA, AB9MS. That's, uh, I think he said he wanted laser. Anyway, uh, K6FPV, K-8-P-E-Z, KC2TPY, KC8BEW, KC8TAD, KD8HWG, Kent v 4 keh K O four R B N three J I M N four Q L B one, Teen Radio Live. That's Paul out there, and the two unidentified You streamers out there three six nine five one and seven eight eight three seven. Now where I was. Oh yes, my my company has quit trying to kill me. I've had plenty of time to rest and recuperate. We're currently halfway through season eight of Smallville. And life is just so peachy that I can't hardly stand it. So now I should probably shut up and let Russ talk a few minutes because he starts feeling left out if I don't.
0: No, not really. I, I could let you talk, you know, but then uh everybody would think you were doing two shows, I guess. I don't know. Well, hopefully we'll get some uh, input on what topics we should talk about from the chat room. We've got plenty of uh great hams out there. And almost everybody's got a call sign this week. I'm I'm really happy about that. We can all we can figure out who everybody is, except for those two two down there at the bottom. But we won't worry about them. Yeah, because if y'all don't give us something to talk about, you're going to have to hear about my
2: adventures with a Dell Latitude CPT uh, laptop.
0: Well, when I was in Baltimore, just as an aside, I went down to Ham Radio Outlet because there's one in Virginia. And I actually wanted to see what a ham radio outlet looked like. So I went down there, and that's one of those stores that I could walk in and never walk out of if I'm not careful. I did manage to walk out with some money, (laughs) but I also brought home a bunch of ham radio gear that I had to figure out how to pack in my luggage on the way home. We did manage to squeak in about three pounds underweight, so that, that wasn't too bad. But anyway, one of the things I picked up was a Yezu FT-7900R, which is a dual-band mobile rig. And I haven't been mobile in quite a while, ham radio speaking. And I just put that in the truck tonight. Got my Larson dual-bander mag-mounted up on the roof. Managed to find a couple of uh, knockouts in the, in the body of the truck so I didn't have to poke any holes in anything. And got that hooked up, and it is working great. Nice to actually have some mobile stuff again. So, what have you been doing ham radio wise lately? Now that work's not uh trying to put you on the rack and stretch you out till you till you keel over. Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
2: actually keep- that's what that Dell laptop was all about was me trying to get things going. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it here or not, but I did, uh, purchase a TS50 and some, uh, wire and a couple of antennas down at Belton. Haven't had an opportunity to run them yet. Of course, all the, uh, appropriate grommets are poked out in that truck. So all I have to do is get the time to get out there and put all the connectors on and, and run the stuff. But, uh, I'm doing my best, y'all. I'm doing my best. I've been neglecting my amateur radio hobby, so I'm going to try and jump on it and
0: not neglect it so much. I'm in the same boat as you, in ne- neglecting the hobby, and now I'm kind of overcompensating, but that's okay. I'm enjoying my overcompensation.
2: Well, I'm trying to get myself uh, motivated. Now, you know, when you do too well a ham-related podcast, ham-radio-related podcast, and a pseudo-ham-related (laughs) podcast. Yes, I was speaking Japanese. No, Richard has not been drinking Red Bull. This is Richard without his back pain medicine. That's why I'm more mellow most of the time. (laughs) But let us try again. I don't know where the hell it was. I've completely lost it, you I've been kind of neglectful. You know, when you do one show and one pseudo show about amateur radio and, and that kind of stuff, you tend to wear out as many subjects as you could possibly think of to wear out as often as possible. So a lot of times it's kind of difficult to make yourself sit down and actually do something. But I was lamenting on the other show that I haven't worked Route 66 in two years, and I never got to—I never missed Route 66. It's one of my favorite events, and two years in a row, two years in a row. I've decided to get away from all the folks that uh, have been sucking the joy out of amateur radio for me, and try and spend more time with the radio on. So who knows? You may run into me on the air.
0: We need to set up a schedule so I can try and get in touch with you, uh, like on 80 meters at at night. We should be able to pull 80 meters without any problem.
2: That is true. We might even be able to work 40 early in the day. It normally craps out 11 or 12, but, uh, early in the day, it may work.
0: I heard last night that the, basically the entire Western hemisphere was wide open on 60 meters.
2: Really? Well, I got one radio around here that'll do 60 meters and, uh. It's over on the other side of the room.
0: Well, I've got one that can do 60 meters if I pop a little, uh, surface mounted resistor off the one of the boards, which I plan on doing here pretty quick.
2: Well, I can modify some of these to, uh, do it, but this one came out of the box. Not this one I'm holding, but the one I'm talking about, uh, came out of the box. And, uh, that's one of the reasons I bought it because it was already 60 meter ready.
0: All right, well, uh, what do you think about uh, hitting some feedback? See, Russ is laughing because I got like
2: the sugar rush thing going on, and he he doesn't see that a lot. <laughs> okay, feedback. Let's get on to some feedback. Well, I only have one, and I think Russ has 17, and uh, I guess i let him go first. Go ahead, Russ.
0: No, I only have one, too, and I don't want to – well – I've got the one you have and I want you to do that because I want to hit the other stuff I have, which isn't uh feedback, but it's important. So
2: uh, Oh, I see how it is. See last week he, he told me he was ready. No, I am ready. I just ready. I don't want to steal like
0: your it. one feedback. <laughs> <laughs> <Japanese>! <laughs> okay. Ahem.
2: Our first piece of feedback comes from John. E I seven I G. Thanks for writing in, John. Uh Small comment, guys. You don't need Kernel AX25 support in the Kernel to use Zastar. Uh, I know this. That's the experiment I've been doing. Uh Like you did in KISS mode. You were talking directly to the TNC. No need for... Yeah, I know. <laughs> no need for the AX25 support in Kernel. I like the comment about watching the car in the driveway. He <laughs> he. However... That's not the whole story. We use it for MCOM events to keep everyone uh, updated as to what's going on de- using bulletins. It keeps the voice channel clear for more important traffic. Also, we can, of course, see where people are and send them messages directly if required. Or, if the coverage of the data network is greater than the voice network. We also have a few weather stations which are using APRS, to send data out. Cheers, D-E, John, E-I-7-I-G. Thank you, John. And uh that's a misconception a lot of folks get when I talk about APRS. Uh, number one is that uh I think it's totally useless. Who are you talking to?
0: <laughs> I actually messed you up. All right. <laughs> I thought you was having <laughs> a workout, <freak> dude. <laughs> No, I was. I was smoking uh, some resistors (laughs) or something. No, I was. I was making it look like I was saying. I was saying what you were talking. Holy cow!
2: (laughs) Oh, this is going to be. Yeah, let's see if the bleep happens on this. (laughs) No, I can't say it because Paul's in the chat room. Oh, all right. I'm gonna close the lid on you. Here's my thing. All right, well, thank you, John. See, that's where a lot of folks get a misconception when um, they hear me talking about APRS. Yes, I really have no use for APRS myself. However, I know it is a good asset tracking tool for public service events, and in the case of a real MCOM emergency, it would also be. Uh, as far as uh messaging, you yeah, know, okay, I'm iffy on that because a lot of the guys that I know that are so gung-ho over APRS – do not have a screen where they can see the messages when they get them. Therefore, the, uh, the, uh, direct messaging situation, I really don't see that aspect of it. But the fact of the matter is, in that case, you'd have to have a laptop or something where you could receive the messages, be able to see them. And in most cases, that means, yeah, most cases, that means a laptop or something like that. There are a couple of devices where you can see the messages even though you don't have a laptop or something. And in that case, there are much better protocols to use for that. Uh, D-Star Digital, actual full-blown AX25 packet. But, uh yeah, John, thank you for that information. Yes, I didn't realize until after I had uh, got in there and started running it that I was running in KISS mode. So there wasn't any need for me to have the AX25 in the kernel because it's built into the the, uh, TNC and in KISS mode, the software is telling it what to do.
0: Well, I was glad to see John's email because it's nice to see that there actually may, in fact, be some practical uses for APRS since, Richard, you kind of have a uh, down-on-it view of things. And I, of course, haven't played with APRS at all, so I can't say that I like it or dislike it. But one of these days I'm going to try it just so I can see if I hate it or not, too. But at least we know some people are actually getting some actual benefit out of it other than lowjacking their cars and making sure that their garage door hasn't been opened. But that's, that's about all I got out of that. I think you nailed it pretty good. Well, that's like I was saying before we got started.
2: It doesn't matter what I think about it. What matters is what you think about it. We will bring you the information, try and get you up to speed, I can offer my opinions, but that's what they are is opinions. And until you go check it out yourself, you're not going to know whether it's uh, something that's right for you or not. But apparently, but I do know that I'm not the only one that feels that way. Okay, well, that pretty much wraps up our giant, giant feedback spectacular. It's not like the other show. We did almost uh, over half hour on feedback on that one. Y'all are slacking. So send those feedbacks in. You can send them to Russ at K5TUX at com. That's where all the hate mail goes. Or you can send the rest of it to KB5JBV at BlackSparrowMedia.com. That's where all the compliments, kudos, uh gift certificates, or whatever you want to send, send those my way. I will take care of them. Or you can just leave some comments on the site. Go leave some at iTunes, whatever. So now I'm on... Unclip that leash on Russ again and let him run wild. Go ahead and run
0: wild, Russ. I don't have any more feedback. However, I do have a couple of things to mention. The first is we got a Google alert, or I got one, that we got to mention on a blog. And this is Tim's blog, KI6BGE. And he had a post on October 29th where he talked about some other stuff that he was doing. But he also said, don't forget to listen to resonant frequency. Not sure what that is. And then Linux that's, in the Ham Shack. I saw the show with uh, that big scary guy. Oh, that's what that is. Okay. And Solder Smoke for some great information and entertainment. So I want to thank Tim, KI6BGE, for posting that. And I think I may have shot myself in the foot a little bit when I said, when I got down on my knees on the last episode and begged for donations, because it turns out we got a couple. <laughs> and that's a great thing. The only thing is I said I was going to match them. when I didn't expect donations to come in quite as large as the one we got today (laughs) like i said this is a good thing absolutely a good thing we mentioned on the last podcast that uh paul sent us a donation uh during our podcast episode 24 and uh not long after episode 25 came out a good friend and long listener long time listener of the program alex and again i don't know how to pronounce his last name But he sent us a sizable donation, and I, of course, went and matched it as soon as it came in. So if you go to the website, you'll see how far along we've we've gotten in just a day. So that's fantastic. I looked at uh, the Hamvention website today and found out that we have to have our money by, I believe it's the first part of February, uh, in order to get a good spot in the vendor space. So we've got plenty of time left, and I want to just thank Alex and Paul and everybody else who's donated, and I've been matching funds as they come in. So please keep those donations coming. Uh, even if they're slow, small, and steady, we'll definitely get there by early February 2010, and we'll have our place at the Dayton Hamvention. So thanks again, Alex, Paul, and everybody else. Oh, yes.
2: That is currently... uh Tied for the biggest donation to come into any of the Black Sparrow Media shows at this time, and I'm glad that he has enough faith in us and confidence in us to uh, uh, drop a donation like that on us because uh, we really do appreciate it, and we are trying like crazy to get out there to Dayton, one way or the other. Uh, I'm not going to say that I kill somebody, but if we make it. Uh, I might change my mind on that because some people, nah, I ain't going to say that either. (laughs) You've heard me say that before. But anyway, uh, yes, Alex is a developer, and I wish I had thought about it before Russ started talking. And I could tell you he developed some of the software that we've talked about in the past. So uh, thank you, Alex. And uh, let me also say thank you to to Paul over at Teen Radio Live because Paul's donation came in right before we finished recording last time. He's just a teenager, y'all, and in school, and he was able to send us and send in a a donation. So, uh, how's that for shaming
0: y'all? I can feel our listeners arms twisting from over here. So,
2: (laughs) (laughs) well, you know, you got to do something.
0: And I understand, you know,
2: don't, don't get me wrong, y'all. I'm not being a jerk about it and stuff. I understand times are hard all the way around. Uh, we're feeling it here just like everybody else is. But if you can't afford to send a small donation this way, please uh, please send it this way, because we will use it to best advantage to get the word out about the show and amateur radio in particular.
0: I guess we'll uh, move on to the next thing, if that's all there is for segment one. Do we have a next thing? We may go with the roundtable thing. So, Okay, quit talking. Play some music. All right, I'm doing it. Here, mouth off, music on. Bring on the clown.
3: And the foods I've had The time of my life in the-
2: decide to do something a little bit different and get some of the uh some of our regular chat room participants in here to talk with us we're going to talk about radios for a little while and uh since my memory is about well it's about that long uh i'm going to turn it over to russ to make the introductions take it away russ
0: okay well hopefully i can remember everybody who's in here i'm going to probably start with the end and go back towards the beginning the last person we had connect is kent ve4 k-e-h Uh, And let's make sure (laughs) Ah, he's still there. Go ahead and give me another good evening, Kent. I heard you, but I think I walked over you.
4: Good evening, guys. And uh, thanks for having me on your wonderful show.
0: Well, thanks for calling in. Uh, Let me go down the list here. We have uh, Paul, who doesn't have a call sign yet, but it's coming up soon. How are you doing, Paul?
5: I'm doing very good. Thank you.
0: Very good. Paul is from Teen Radio Journey. We interviewed him a few episodes back, so it's good to have you here. We also have Matt, KC8BEW.
1: Howdy, everybody, from Muskingum County in Ohio.
0: Good to have you here, Matt. Thanks for calling in and joining our little impromptu roundtable for the evening. And last but not least, we have Jim, N3JIM.
4: And in spite of the N3, I'm actually from Sacramento, California.
0: Well, we won't hold that against you. Anyway, so there's our roundtable <laughs> for... <laughs> Our roundtable participants for the evening and we'll go ahead and let Richard start us off here.
2: What happened to Bill? Where's Bill? Bill, why aren't you in here? Boy, I'm going to have cut your pay. I'm going to have cut your pay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we're in here and we got some folks and things are happening. And since we've got you guys on here, um, I guess the best place for us to start as, is, you know, find out, uh, which opera, which versions or which flavors of your favorite operating system you're using and, um, Find out how that's working out for you as far as amateur radio is concerned. Since the only name that comes to mind is Jim, we'll start with Jim. Uh, Jim, go ahead and uh, why don't you? Uh, what operating system or flavor of uh, operating system are you running over at your place?
4: Uh, well, I'm running Mac OS X on the laptop, and I use uh, FreeBSD on all my workstations and uh, servers at work. Uh, I don't actually have any ham radio software yet because I've only got a uh, a little handheld uh, VX three. And I haven't got anything
2: hooked up to it computer-wise yet. So, actually, I'm trying to get some ideas. Well, there you go. It's it, it, That's something you could you could turn that into an APRS <laughs> tracker or packet radio or uh, all kinds of stuff. And uh, I found out from a fellow here locally that runs uh, runs Mac that Zastar will run on the Mac operating system also. He's running it up there where, uh, where he's at. But uh, good, good, good. Uh, we need to get you on some Linux, though. That, that free BSD. well, it's just as good, but we don't want to tell anybody about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's my understanding. In some cases, it's better. <laughs> I know from a developer standpoint, they tend to like the BSDs because the development tools and the libraries are a little more well-developed than they are from... uh linux side because bsd and unix have been around longer i'll go ahead since you can only remember Jim and i've actually got the names written down here we'll uh we'll go ahead and ask matt uh out there no, in ohio don't call, him matt. don't call him matt no don't call him he paul either. Call, him matt. <laughs> call him the other guy oh the other guy okay so what <laughs> are you using <laughs> <laughs> so what are you using matt
1: oh uh, let's see i am running well, I just cleared out one because I'd make up computer for somebody. I had uh, uh, SUSE 10 on it, I believe, open SUSE 10, um, and you run to uh, Dapper. And right now I'm on the laptop we have um, XP, which I'm currently running at the moment because I'm having uh, issues with both SUSE and Mint, but I think that's uh, some partitioning stuff I need to. To give them some more room. So I'm going to cut back the uh, XP. And, and I think just to drop open, Sousa, and I know you'll like this, Russ, go all mint. So um, <laughs> that, that's going to be the next step on there. It, is, it was giving me some fits. So uh, and, uh, when it's set up and, and everything, it didn't want to go to the partition. I wanted to anyway. So I'm just going to make it. I'm just going to get in there and enlarge it, and that should take care of my issue. So, but... Uh, yeah, you, you turned me on the man. After I got looking at it, I, uh, thought it looked pretty cool. So I think that's where I'm going to go.
0: Well, that sounds good. Of course, once I got settled in with Mint, I got to a machine like the my work one that I was talking about earlier where I can't actually install it. So, uh, Mint's not the end all be all. And as long as you're using Linux or something open source, that's good. Mint, Mint's good too. Um, you know, we still donate to the Mint project and hopefully they'll get some of these things taken care of. So what about you, Paul? What are you using right now?
5: Um, On my main computer, I use Windows XP. um, And then on a computer I have sitting next to that, which I'm hoping to turn into um, a radio control slash programming computer when I get my license. Um, That's running um, Ubuntu 9.0. One O, And then in the basement, I have a Linux file server that's running Ubuntu 5.04.
0: Well, quite a mix there. That's good. And I heard, it didn't, who, um, was it Matt we were talking about? You said you were running Ubuntu Dapper?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Dude, I
2: started on Dapper. That was a long time ago. Yeah, that was a long time <laughs> ago.
1: This was an old hard drive I pulled out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah! All right, we've got one more, uh, Kent. So, what what's on your computers these days?
4: Well, up until about two or three weeks ago, I was running uh, Debian testing on both my desktop and my laptop. But um, the the sort of rolling release nature of uh, Debian testing uh, a not Debian squeeze uh, currently it's it's uh, squeeze, but the the testing uh, sort of evolves continually, um, even after uh, uh, Squeeze goes stable, and and I think the uh, well it was the, the the updates that were starting to kill um, well especially my laptop. Um, I would uh, have uh, errors that would pop up every now and then, and eventually I lost um, uh, everything on my desktop, including the upper and lower panel, uh, which makes the computer a little bit harder to use. And then uh, finally on my desktop, um, I lost uh, the SSH server. Um, so about uh, two weeks ago, I was at the Ontario GNU Linux Fest, and uh, there was a presentation there um, uh, showing some actually uh, noob-friendly distributions. And uh, Linux Mint was one of the ones that was mentioned, so I thought I'd throw that on my laptop. And um, because my desktop is a little bit older, it's a Pentium 3, I decided to go with CrunchBang. Uh, My Mint uh, installation is going well. I haven't had any difficulties with it yet on the laptop. In fact, I'm using it right now um, to uh, watch the show and and chime in in the chat room. Um, I'm just finishing up installing uh, CrunchBang. I just have a few uh, uh, networking issues right now, and then I want to get everything, uh, all the servers going on it as well.
0: All right. It's interesting to hear somebody who's using crunchbang. I know we reviewed it a while back and some of us. Okay. What the?
2: <laughs> oh my God. There's geese in Rusty's yeah, shack. It, it was there's a
0: geese. Sounded and like a cow or something.
2: Oh, I said that word.
0: <laughs> Good. Now I got to find, got to find out something to bleep in all the chatter. And that's wonderful. I'm so happy. <laughs> anyway. All right. Richard, you go for it. You take us on to the next thing.
2: Oh, well, you know, I don't know how to top that. Oh, goodness. Uh, Jim, we were talking about that radio. Uh, have you thought about running pack?
1: You back to
2: me now? Yeah. Did you hear me?
4: I yeah, was I was
2: too busy laughing about the goose. That's <laughs> goose in a ham jack. Woohoo, goose in a it ain't no dapper duck. That's that's for sure. Is a it's a goofy goose. All right, anyway. Uh all seriousness aside now. Um uh, Jim <laughs> Have you yeah, thought about ahead. have you thought about uh running digital modes on it uh that radio that you have? Uh I thought about running packet
4: or something,
1: yeah.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of TNCs out there that are available still and, uh, most of them will run under, uh, Zastar and, uh, some of the other, other software and stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of folks want to go run out and buy one brand new, but there's a whole lot of that stuff available on the secondary market, uh, for pretty doggone cheap. And if you go with one of the, uh, brands that were big in, uh, were big brands when they first came out and you find them at the ham fest and stuff. You can normally pick them up pretty cheap. In fact, I've got a PK, PK 232 MBX, which was made by uh, advanced electronics, uh, applications, which was one of the biggest. Oh my God. There's more well, geese. The goose is over. back. <laughs> and, uh and the fact Look at The last one I saw at Hamfest, uh, even though I paid uh, close to three hundred dollars for mine, uh, the last one I saw at Hamfest was about forty bucks.
1: At a uh, Hamfest, I was out here locally. When I say low. We'll put in Ohio. It was uh, forty bucks for a KPC three, and uh, at same A Hamfest, probably about a year earlier, uh, one of the members of my uh, club picked one up for five bucks. The guy's like, oh, it's not working. It's, uh, it, it's, you know, nothing more than a paperweight. So they said, okay, I'll give you five bucks for it. Did a hard reset, worked fine until it got hit by lightning. So well, that's was working active on Digi until then.
2: Yeah, that's the sad part nowadays is the fact that, uh, a lot of these guys, they've got TNCs and they really don't know a whole lot about them. And, uh, you can, uh, definitely, uh, find some good deals. With these hand tests and stuff. In fact, uh, we were talking about Belton a couple episodes back. Uh, on a previous trip to Belton, we bought all of these. My father couldn't make them work, and he is a packet guy. But uh, I went over there and tested all of them, got them working for him, and he still couldn't make them work. So I now have them over here, and uh, I don't think we paid more than 5 or $10 for any of these when we uh, purchased them down there.
0: Which, what's that one on the bottom? Is that uh, That's an MFJ, right? And I'm sorry for you folks that are not on the video
2: and uh, watching the video after the fact because this is an MFJ-1278B. This is an all-mode controller dual port. Uh, looks like you've been working on it from back here. But it is a, a dual port TNC. You run VHF and UHF simultaneously through it. In fact, there's a couple of those in here. The two that were on the top of the box are PK-232s. Which uh, is like the one I've got running over there on the uh, on the shelf. Uh, they ain't heavy by themselves, but you get a few of them, they kind of kind of weighty. Anyway, um, the reason I collect those up is they have most of them nowadays that you run across have a Pactor one chip in them. And if I ever decide to go back to HF Pactor, I want to be ready. The twelve seventy eight B is uh, that twelve seventy
0: eight B is the one I think I bought way back when. But I was running my HTX 202 out of, and I know it's up down in storage. You're going to make me go down there and find out what I got. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I bet I'm going to have that thing on the air again. That's really sad. The last time I used that was in the mid-90s.
2: Well, this one right here, this is not a V1 because it's over on the shelf over yonder, but one just like this one is the one I started on, which is a PK-88. Mm-hmm. And you need to quit powdering
0: your head while we're talking. I'm not powdering my head. <laughs> trying to get to shine now. <laughs> <laughs> got a couple of couple of stray hairs here, you know. I got to look good for the camera, right? You know, uh, uh, fix you the go. eyebrows that and all oh, that kind That's kind of stuff. the rest I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, any of you other guys considered working digital or working digital at this time? I mean, it doesn't matter if you're running it on Windows or not. You know, it's one of
0: those whatever works best kind of things. Don't all speak at once.
2: Okay.
4: Yeah, I've been using the FL Digi for the last year or so.
0: On Windows or on Linux?
4: Oh no, no, on uh, on Linux.
0: I just started using FL Digi myself, and I'm using it under Windows, so it, it works well both ways. Yeah,
4: exactly. Yeah, it, uh, it seems to, um, in comparison with uh, some of the other Windows uh, packages available um, from the uh, from the Yahoo group, it seems that it's a little bit harder to set up under Windows, but uh, uh, you move to uh, Linux, and it's and it's almost like it works right out of the box.
0: Well, that's how it's
2: supposed to
1: work right out of the repository just fine,
0: yep
2: well, there you go and uh you know that's one of the things that drew me to it is because it was pretty similar. I can't remember what I was using on on the other operating system, but uh it was very similar to the one I had been using on Windows before I quit using Windows for my radio machine and uh I I've had nothing but good luck with it. And in fact, we were talking here a while back around field day. I ran into a guy who's doing some developing on FL Digi on his own and I hope to get back with him about that. But, uh, let me tell you, <laughs> uh, I, I can't say enough good things about
1: FL Digi. Oh, well, we got a, uh, uh, we're just setting up a uh, station in elementary school here. Uh, locally. And, uh, right now it's, we're gonna have 15, 15 kids. And it's just, uh, a small thing at the moment. But, we're gonna be getting into the digital modes and I'm gonna pull out FL Digi for it. And, uh, I'll probably set up a, a computer on Mint or something like that, pull in FL Digi and such and, and, uh, run it that way. Um I think, it, I think, you know, I pulled it right off the repository for OpenSUSE, loaded it right up, no issues. Um, it was ready to go, so I'm thinking to we'll go that same route and and uh, hook it up for the school.
2: Well, you see, that's where uh, that's where OpenSUSE or SUSE dropped the ball <laughs> right there before uh, uh, Novell went ahead and took them over. They uh, cut out the ham radio libraries. One of the reasons I switched over to Debian, but apparently you they. Know
1: what? S- Sorry, Richard. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, at uh, Ohio Linux Fest this year, I talked to them about that exact thing. And they told me to look at it, and I don't have it right in front of me, but they said go looking in there. There is still uh, a repository. I did find it in there, Um, but it's not on the main list. I had to go in through the uh, website to locate it.
2: Well, yeah, I know it. I know it's in there and a couple of people have told me so. Uh, unfortunately in the time between the time I dropped SUSE and, uh, and found out that it was still available, I got hooked on Debian based stuff. So, uh, now it's like Debian, Ubuntu, Mint, um, uh, that kind of stuff. And in fact, that's one of the reasons I was wanting to run DSL on that laptop I was talking about earlier is cause, uh, uh it's my understanding I can use uh Debian packages to get what I need into it. You know, so is anybody else doing any kind of digital work or uh or anything else interesting radio related with uh, your uh, operating system?
4: Well I've always been interested in um, uh remote operation and um I've had limited success and I suspect it's a, it's simply a bandwidth uh issue. Um I've heard that uh running a... uh Secure shell server uh, uses more bandwidth than, uh, say, running a VMC server. Um, I can't picture it, but uh, I know people smarter than I have uh, confirmed that. Um, but uh, you know, I have made a few contacts remotely and uh, digital, and um, uh, it's it's amazing uh, the things you can do. I guess the next step uh, when I get the things back together again is to try to operate voice uh, remotely. Uh, that might be a little bit. Uh, Thing
2: to do, though. Well, that's, you know, that's one of the things we've been kind of working towards. We got a question in one of the early episodes about, uh, running, uh, X11 forwarding for the purpose of, uh, running remote station and stuff. And I was standing on the porch today when I was trying to rack my brain for something to discuss either on this show or the other. And I got to thinking about it. You know, you can do all that stuff with something like remote desktop. What a lot of the Windows folks, a lot of the Windows folks don't even know what remote desktop is because unless they've operated a, a version that's pro or higher, they haven't had any interaction with it. All they know is uh, the in- invite somebody into your system thing. So you've got uh, the ability to do remote desktop through Linux. You've got the ability to do VNC through Linux. If you want to go the SSH route, you can do that, too. So there's a handful of different ways that you can go about doing something like that, and that is something we need to address on the show at some point. I know I'm able to uh, to work on my wife's computer at the other end of the house from here using VNC. Uh, I try not to do it, though, because she gets mad at me because I
4: take her computer away from her. Anyway. Well, how do you get well, the audio I'm, back and forth? I'm sorry? How do you get the audio back and forth?
2: Uh, audio, uh, when I'm trying to fix something that she's messed up, I really don't worry too much about the audio. <laughs> I know in remote desktop on, on, uh, I've got a, got a pro machine down here that, uh, is only still pro because at one point it was, uh, set up for packet radio or, uh, running, uh, a Winlink node when I remote desktop using it into her Windows machine, I get audio. I really haven't uh, noticed whether I get audio or not on the other one.
0: Some of the remote access protocols transfer audio in the data stream. Uh, RDP is one of them. Uh, VNC, I don't recall. I haven't used VNC in a while. I don't recall if it passes audio or not. Well, Bill asked about uh, RSID, or RSID, and I read I read an interesting thing about that. I don't remember. It wasn't in QST because I don't get QST, but... They were talking about doing that and it was something that I saw in a chat or something about uh sending preambles before digital signals so that your software can automatically decode whether it's RIDI or PSK or Olivia or whatever. Uh sounds like an interesting thing, but I haven't seen it in practice. Anyone uh dealt with RCID?
4: Yeah, I've seen it uh being used. It uh of course it um depends on the person transmitting to actually have it enabled as well, but it'll automatically switch um, your software to the proper uh, frequency in the waterfall, and uh, of course the proper mode as well.
2: Well, I need to check into
4: that myself. Yeah, it, you know. it does work. It does work, and apparently the RSID protocol is uh, um, often more robust than uh, than the actual mode used for transmitting.
0: Well, there's probably more information packed into the preamble than there is in some of the early, you know, like Riddy is not exactly a complicated uh, protocol. Well, yeah, but then you've got something like Olivia, which uh, I've got a pretty
2: good ear. I've been doing digital a long time, and I can follow a signal further down into the noise by ear than anybody I know. And I've heard Olivia go completely away in the noise, and it was still getting good, solid print. So you can't sell some of them short, though, Russ. No, I'm not selling
0: uh, anything short. I know when I was uh experimenting with PSK-31 the other day that um I there were some signals that barely showed up in the waterfall. I mean, they were basically a couple of little blips in the blue, and I was still getting perfect copy on them. So... You know, like I say, I haven't tried anything, uh, more. I haven't tried the Hellschreibers or the Olivias or anything like that. But even just, uh, straight PSK 31 was, uh, being picked up even, even just barely above the noise floor.
2: You well, know, there you go. And I mean, you know, all this stuff is relative. You know, it's like packet radio is horrible, horrible on HF. And I'm talking about full protocol AX25 station to station connect packet radio is horrible on HF. It takes forever to complete uh, a QSO, a transmission, whatever you're doing. But on the other hand, it is great on 2-meter FM. One of the reasons being that it was designed for 2-meter FM. That's where it was designed. That's where it was primarily supposed to be used, and that's one of those cases where we took a protocol, moved it off the frequencies it was designed for, and, yes, it did work. It was helpful when we were running worldwide packet networks, the problem is that they're, once again, better modes. And uh, Pactor came along, took the best parts of Packet and the best parts of Amtor and stuck them together. And, yes, it's a real pain for a lot of folks. But let me tell you, you can't break down a Pactor connection on HF. You cannot stop it from getting through. So uh, the only reason I went off on two-meter packets, we had a question about it in the chat room. Two me, uh, two me, VHF or UHF FM packet radio, uh, when you're using the full protocol works absolutely fantastic. There Ain't no chance of the packets getting lost like with that, uh, APRS crap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tell us oh, how you really again, feel, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, don't keep it in, you know, don't try, try, I try to, to yeah.
2: I, I try not to hold back. I have, I have, uh, I try not to hold it back. So have any of you guys tried Echolink or, uh, interested in that at all?
1: Actually, I was just talking with KCATAD there in the chat room. Um, he's setting up a IRLP node there, at his, uh, QTH. And, uh, we were talking about it cause I was looking at Echolink. Um, but he was going the IRLP route cause it's, you know, it can be run on Linux easy. And, uh, we weren't familiar with anything Echolink on Linux. Is that something we have to run through wine, or is it actually uh, is it somebody do it up for native?
2: Well, Echolink, I'm sorry, go ahead, Russ. Oh. What did you say? No, what I was just gonna probably
0: going to say the same thing you're going to say, that Echolink is a Windows thing, but Echo Linux was something we talked about for, that was written natively for Linux um, to do Echolink, but it's not as mature by far uh, as Echolink itself. And I was also going to comment on IRLP because I mentioned in the last episode, and I'm actually going to set up an IRLP node myself. It's pretty inexpensive, and w- where I happen to live in Missouri, down here in Arkansas, there's a couple of IRLP nodes here close to me, and I can simplex into them and get on IRLP just fine. But um up in Missouri, there are no IRLP nodes anywhere near me. So I figure if I want to get on IRLP, uh, I'm going to have to set up my own, which is... uh you know just fine it's pretty inexpensive thing to do and as long as you've got some uh network bandwidth it'll it'll work for you personally i'm a fan of irlp i mean i i just got on there it works and does everything you need it to do and you get great communication out of it you know hard to beat on uh well i mean it's vhf and uhf uh fm so uh you know it's going to be clean communication but uh I, I like it a lot haven't haven't played with echo link however not yet anyway
2: And, and you know, IRLP, well, not IRLP, but Echolink. Echolink's one of those things that I'm iffy on, uh, along with other things. That's the problem with being crotchety 20-year ham is there are things that you just really – now, IRLP, on the other hand, you can't get uh, too upset about that, and really you can't get too upset about Echolink because they, for the most part – uh, you know, not, yeah, people can get on there and talk to each other on their computers and everything else. But the backbone of the whole thing is, is they use them to link repeaters, which we've always done. We've linked repeaters on packet. We've linked, uh, voice repeaters via telephone lines for as long as I can remember RLP and Echo Link. You know, uh, they're just an extension of that. Plus the fact Echo Link has the benefit that you can set up, uh, stations so that folks can, uh, out in outlying areas can have some way to get into the network via VHF radio at somebody's house hooked into an Internet feed. There's a lot of good applications available around it, uh ways to put it to work to be helpful. I don't feel about it the same way I do that other one I keep slamming, and I'm not going to say it this time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh also, you know, we're talking about applications. you got got uh, Echo Linux. Qtel, which is an older program also, and I believe it does work okay. I haven't used it in a long, long time. I don't know if there's been any advancement as far as the way it's set up. Echo Linux, I haven't really used. I did uh, go ahead and fire up Echo Link under Wine on Ubuntu, and it does work. I think the problem I was having the day that I tested it, I was overdriving it because I was running it through the same deck I'm running through right now to talk to y'all. So as far as Echo Link is concerned, that's one of those things it's gonna take time for it to evolve and come along. We've talked about uh Echolink, we've talked about digital a little bit. What other what other stuff in in radio in general, guys, are y'all interested in? I mean, we don't have to hold it to computers, I don't guess. And uh you know, this is a ham shack type program. I bet that big scary guy from Texas is listening, so he might come in here and answer some questions if he needs to.
5: Um well for me, like I said, um I'd be interested in CW eventually. Um another thing I've heard is really interesting to get into is six meters.
2: Well, any of you other guys running six meters?
1: I one of those six meter, uh, MFJ sideband rigs got for Christmas one year. I Haven't made a contact to him. I've heard people, but haven't been able to get out. So that's where the antenna comes in. And that's what I like messing with is the antennas. So just need to get one up for six to, uh, to really work.
2: Well, there you go. That, you know, that's, a, that's the biggest part of it, Paul, is having the right antenna. I've worked a, a very little six meters. I was, uh, Trying to do some meteor scatter at one time and was semi-successful with that. This uh, HF rig I've got will do six. Really didn't spend a lot of time doing it and that kind of stuff. You know, it's all about catching it at the right time and anything. I mean, uh, any of you other guys got more experience with it? I can't talk real eloquently about six meters at this point.
1: It always opens when I'm at work. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, I was a big 10 meter fan and I understand it's a lot like that. You know, I got a 1010 10 number I haven't been able to use in 12 years.
5: <laughs> um, have any of you talked on 440 centimeters?
0: 440 megahertz, you mean 70 centimeters? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a couple of 70 centimeter repeaters around here that are, uh, linked to some two meter nodes. Um, uh, they probably cover a good 100 or 150 mile area, but, uh, you can, you can get into them on two meters as well as 440. So I pretty well think that no one uses the 440 side. I know there's a couple of 440 IRLP nodes here and there's even a 220, I think IRLP node somewhere, but 440 is not a real active band, at least not in this part of the country. I don't know about anywhere else. Well, you know, we your you're supposed to be the traffic cop here moderator (laughs) (laughs) well okay okay jim what'd you say
4: uh i was going to say we're down here in sacramento we have a problem with uh, one of the air force bases they want us to turn down the 70 centimeter repeaters something like 30 decibels so basically we need to shut them off uh so we we can't do 70 centimeters
1: here anymore
0: and then matt said something about 70 centimeter as well i think
1: yeah we we have a uh, link set up here, and uh, don't, we are working on setting up a 70-centimeter uh, repeater for Ares. Uh It's uh, almost done, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, that's something we've got going.
2: Yeah, and interestingly enough, here in Texas, every pair on 440 is filled. Every repeater pair is filled. Now there's not a lot of activity on those repeaters, but every pair is filled. Everybody wants to be on 440, but nobody wants to talk on it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, there is plenty of 40, 70 centimeter sideband out there to be had also, but I do understand the situation. Uh, I think Jim said out in California, the Air Force bases. Part of, the, part of the problem with that is that we operate real close to each other. Every ham band's either inside or right next to a military band, and most of the repeaters out there in California are up on mountains and stuff. So, I sympathize and I feel for you, but I can kind of understand why. You know, we uh, you can kind of look at the uh, coordination, the chart for the coordination for 440 here in uh, in this part of the world. And the closer you get to, uh, the Joint Reserve Base, uh, Carswell, the fewer and f- fewer repeaters you see around that, around that place. One of these days I'm going to get out there and operate some of them. Of course, I've been operating some of them on my D Star radio. <laughs> uh, well, I see you in there, Kent. I was going to try and get your voice going on in here, but it didn't happen. So, uh, let's do something for Kent. Y'all have, uh, any of y'all, uh, Put any thought into dealing with any of the stuff that's kind of out there on the edge, the experimental stuff, you know, VLF uh, experimenter stuff, or possibly meteor scatter, or uh, uh, been involved in any of these uh, balloon launches and that kind of stuff. I mean, have y'all tried any of that kind of stuff?
1: Can't say any. He heard the harp test here two years ago.
2: For those of y'all who don't know, the harp array is a. Uh, a giant uh, radio transmitter up in Alaska and they have a serious, serious antenna array up there and they're able to focus these VLF signals and the stories vary on what it's actually for. Some say, some of them say it's an experimental station. Some say it's for uh, communicating with, uh, Submarines at sea and that kind of stuff, and then you got the weirdos like the one I was talking about, who I don't think we're even going <laughs> to even going to talk to about. But anyway,
0: <laughs> it's the hotline to the little green men. Woo-hoo.
2: Yeah, well, not so much that, but uh, this <laughs> this nut thinks it's a, something to create to do weather warfare and stuff. Anyway, or weather modification. Anyway, you the guy. What is the guy's name? It doesn't matter. He's obviously yeah. a crackpot. Anyway, this is not, this show is not in that genre. <laughs> uh, if Richard wants a show in that genre, he will, yeah. uh, speak some Japanese
0: and then. <laughs> yeah. This is not, uh, paranormal in the ham shack <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> conspiracy in the ham shack. Ooh. <laughs> and then he'll start, a, he'll start a show about it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Episode 18. Is I had to, I had
4: to mute my mic for a minute so I could laugh.
2: Oh, I thought <laughs> I thought you were coughing up a bone over there.
4: <laughs> no, I was, I was laughing about Richard speaking Japanese again.
0: Oh, Japanese! <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah hey, I gotta admit, this is a hell of a lot more fun watching this show live than it is, you know. Listening to the podcast is all great, but this is a lot more fun. <laughs> Well, we're a little
2: wild tonight. It's like y'all are privy to a great happening because there's not very many days that I don't have to do something for my back. Take a muscle relaxer, a pain pill, uh, uh, anti-inflammatories, something. Russ is trying to play music over me, and I'm going to keep talking so it can't
0: happen. (laughs) No, but can you hear the song? I got your picture. (laughs)
3: <laughs> 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 you, I see the stare at there's nothing else to do Oh, it's in color Your hair is brown That's awesome,
0: bud Your eyes are hazel You <laughs> took a minute to see red chance We have, to, have wait to, wait to, wait to wait for the payoff Y'all pay attention <laughs> Here we go No, No, they got one more verse to go, but it's it's a good song, too, so we can just hang out and. All right. There we go. <laughs> and actually, I, good, I forget the new theme
2: song. I really wasn't thinking about that particular song, but there's this <laughs> guy that's a ventriloquist. Uh, his name is Jeff, oh, Jeff Dunham. Oh, um, yeah. I like Jeff Dunham. Y'all yeah, might have heard of, heard of him. And he's got this yeah, little purple yeah. puppet and the whole Japanese thing, something about lotion. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, that's what the song's about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God! Is Paul still in here? We
0: really need to be careful if Paul's still in here. Paul are you still here?
5: yeah, I'm still here
0: okay we're gonna well, behave we're now. well, we never said the live broadcast was uh family friend friendly just just the release is family friendly Yeah, y'all don't tell him about chinese lies uh, okay. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, boy Russ, you got uh, you got some pecans in there? Pete Townsend, uh, all the best cowboys have Chinese eyes. I can pull at oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite albums of all time. Oh, good uh, God. Off, off topic. Off topic. You know, we're going to get about three minutes of this in the, in the release version.
1: <laughs> uh, I got, I do have a, a question on, for Jim there. You're asking about a two-meter slim gym, is that right?
3: Oh yeah, that's right.
1: Uh, is this you know portable, take with you, or to uh, to have you know more up at your uh, house or at work all the time or something like that?
4: Uh, we've got them mounted on my house actually. I live in a uh, stucco house, so I can't use the radio indoors. So I need to mm. I need to get some kind of antenna.
1: You know, I use a uh, J pole. Copper J pole made up, just took what 20 minutes to make it up, and I used that for a good while. And shoot, even that, I was making uh, pocket contacts with the space station uh, with it. Had a null when it came directly overhead, but other than that, I was able to make good contacts with it. Are you talking about a copper cactus? Basically, but without the added elements.
2: Come think of it, uh, I had one of those made out of half inch uh, water pipe. But I ran over here for a long time. Packet, it was a fantastic packet antenna. And uh I did ping the uh, space station a couple times. I couldn't get a good connect, but I did ping them a couple times. And it made an absolutely wonderful uh FM antenna. I had it up on a 30-foot pole, and I could talk all the way across the county on 50 watts. They could hear me. I'm in Balt Springs in the southeast corner of Dallas County. They could hear me direct. At the EOC in Carrollton, which is in the northwest corner of Dallas County. And that's about 35 miles. Yeah, they work pretty good. Oh, yeah, they're great. That's a good thing about building your own antennas. Uh, and it, there are plans out there all over the, uh, all over the internet on how to build these things and pick up the parts at
1: Lowe's. I think Lowe's. That's, a, that's part of the fun of amateur radio. Exactly. And you know, that's you're where. You're able to do stuff like that.
2: That's one of the reasons I don't see why more amateur radios don't embrace Linux because uh it's about linux man it's the same thing you, you You take those computers and you put them together and you take that Linux operating system and pick up one of the one of the easier languages that are available to you and program up what you need build build the applications you need to use, modify the applications you use and want better. You know, that's the whole thing. I still owe the guys over at HP horror uh, uh or Russ and I owe them guys a uh ham radio and or uh Linux and ham radio philosophy uh episode. We need to get around to that. And I'm sorry I, I, I i've done brought everybody down it was starting to sound like a linux crank episode in here before the before the j-pole thing started
0: y'all go ahead that's nothing like a good conversation about antennas to bring everybody down that's right
2: <laughs> well richard goes serious when he talks about radio that's why that's why y'all sometimes y'all send me an email over to other show like richard what's wrong you sounded soap so bad down what's going on with that Richard just gets serious when he talks about his radio. We're serious about our Texas our radios down here in Texas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh radio, I want to mention this. KD eight HWG in the chat room there. He just got the uh VX eight R. Did a did an opening of it the other day. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. He's actually in my neck of the woods.
2: He should probably see a doctor about that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i for some Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all joking aside, the VX8R is actually a really cool-looking handy talkie. I'd like to have one of those myself. I check
1: it out.
0: You know, I wasn't really a fan of
2: Vertex and uh, Yaesu radios until uh, I bought a VX150. That little bad boy was built like a tank. So I bet <laughs> that. Uh, I bet that one y'all are talking about is probably pretty solid too.
0: Yeah. Speaking of solid, I just bought a Yezu FT two fifty R handy talkie. It's only a two meter, but it was ninety nine bucks. I mean hell. <laughs> Brand new. And the yeah, thing's got one...
2: Well, this one fifty over here, I bought battery. it for one hundred and nine bucks.
0: The thing's got a battery, it looks like it'll last about three weeks too. And that's with that's on transmitting on high. I mean the thing... <laughs> the thing's mostly battery.
2: These HTX-202s, y'all have heard me talk about in in so many places. You know, I've carried them for years and years and years, and I always went and bought a 12-volt battery pack for them, and you could do heavy usage for almost 24 hours with one of those uh 12-volt battery packs. It would just keep on chugging. I could take one and turn it on and set it on the counter and leave it on an active repeater, and it would run for over a week if I didn't key it up. If this one y'all are talking about has got a big battery pack like that, then... uh
0: you know that's that's half the battle right there stay away from lithium ion batteries uh, though y'all now the FT250 has a nickel metal battery nickel metal hydride and uh it's still it's still pretty small form factor for a radio but when you take the battery off of it you're pulling the whole back of the radio off FT60 was
2: like that FT50 FT one of them FT50 or 60
0: probably the 50 cuz i imagine the 250 is a newer version of the 50 uh, you
2: guys got any more questions, thoughts, suggestions? Uh, anything else? Uh, nothing that has anything to do with the Orient.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, man.
0: <laughs> well, you just blew everybody's day. So, <laughs> oh, man, that was my suggestion. See, Russ been over there looking. All right, enough of that. <laughs> we would like to thank all of you guys. Well, I would. I don't know about Russ.
1: Well, I'm going to thank all of
0: these guys individually. We'll start with Kent, whose cell phone yep. died on him, and he had to disappear on us. But that's okay. We'll say Kent was here. It looks like Jim just quit on us as well. well uh, oh no, Jim's, oh, Jim's still there. Still here. So it was Paul that quit on us. Oh well. So Paul, thanks to Paul. Thanks to Jim, N3JIM, thanks to Matt, KC8BEW, and thanks to this uh, KB5JBV guy, whoever he is. Yeah, that's me. Oh, that's you. Oh, Okay. But anyway, that's thanks it. for joining us tonight. It was, it was fun, probably more fun than we should probably have without drugs and alcohol. But uh, <laughs> well, I don't know about you guys, but I already started. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm JA5JBV. Oh, so that's what was going on. But anyway. ja 5 J, yeah. Yeah. All right, so All right. I guess that's good for this. Boy, I'm not looking forward to the edited version of this thing, I'll tell you that. This is going to be a blast. <laughs> well, it's going to be a blast for everybody to listen to once I get through it. Yeah, I'm sure. Thanks to everybody who's in the chat room. Let's give the quick rundown of who's left in there. We've got K6FPV. We've got Bill, K9WKA, KC2TPY. KC8TAD, KD5VQD, KD8HWG, Kent's still in there, Jim's still in there, Matt's still in there, Paul's still in there, and two unidentified U streamers. So we've been going like gangbusters tonight. And the Ustream bot's been in here listening to us the whole time, so we may
2: not even have an account next time we come in here. <laughs> but that's okay. We have a secret account we can record under if we have to. <laughs> oh, my God. This is more, uh, yeah, uh-huh. I was, ah, for time. Time. I was <laughs> huh? Nothing. I was fixing to say something bad. <laughs> this is more fun than shooting guns in the house. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> <laughs> yes he does and Richard is an imperfect creature one of his imperfect creations uh, and uh, he's going to have to either cut me some slack or or cook my butt either way I don't know sorry I was answering a comment, it's a comment in the chat room yeah. Somebody giggling
0: I can hear that giggle from here I know it's Matt
1: who's giggling <laughs>
0: Don't oh, make it. Don't make me come over there. <laughs> <laughs> he lives in Ohio. You don't want to bother. He's the kind of guy that throws away his rollover minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Use that company.
0: Oh, God, don't get started on cell phone companies. Come on, just wrap it up.
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah, Going downhill
0: path. Yep. Yep. <laughs> We're, we're off the rails in the ditch and the caboose is on fire. So let's just wrap this up. Fire.
2: fire. We would like to thank you all for coming to visit us on Linux and the and... <laughs> hip All right. I'm muting because. <laughs> Linux <laughs> uh, <laughs> in the Ham Shack is a production
0: of Black Sparrow Media. Black Sparrow Media. <laughs> Black Sparrow Media is not responsible for the content of this podcast.
3: <laughs> <laughs> closing episode number twenty-five,
4: take three. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, I'm going on mute. Wolf. We'll... Russ, you know what you got to do. Oh, I got to hit the <laughs> hit the little button. Do I? Here, let no, me. No, I was thinking of play. Yeah, that's that's the button. Here, here we go.
3: Oh.
1: When it's in a ham shack, the
2: video is a big and turning Japanese
3: are living so. Turn Japanese, I think of turning Japanese are things so. Turn Japanese, I think of turning Japanese are living so.
0: Okay. All right. Everyone breathe. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
5: thank God for mute
2: buttons. <laughs> oh, my <I'm a> <laughs> <laughs> Linux in the Shack has been a production of the Children's Television Workshop. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> And Russ, I'm glad you had it. Yep.
0: <laughs>
3: um,
2: oh, 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 damn.
0: Oh, damn. <coughs> You needed a medic at the end of the last episode. It looks like you need one this time, too. <laughs> I needed oxygen at the end
2: of the last one. Now, now it's it's ribs. I'm going to have to go take my pain medicine, too. <laughs> oh, good Lord. All right. All right. So Russ was finished thinking, everybody. And if we can get Matt to quit giggling, and uh, that is Matt giggling, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but I've hit the mute button on some of that too.
2: Oh, there he goes again. <clears throat> All right. Kinda of dignified now.
1: Got me going enough I'm coughing now.
2: Oh well I understand. I have a chicken bone that's <laughs> trying to work its way up also. He Big must pork. have mute. He must have muted it again. Take one hundred and fifty three point two. Like I said, we want to make sure everybody in the chat room knows that we appreciated them being here, everybody that was here with us live. We've had a really great show this time around. We've had a lot of fun. Hopefully, we didn't offend anybody. But like I said before, if you have any hate mail, please send that to k5tux at blacksparrowmedia.com. But if you have praise and good words and flowers and gift certificates and and firstborn children, whatever you can send those to kb5jbv at dot com. you can catch me on identica twitter facebook i'm just all over the place or you can uh post in the forums we don't have a lot of activity there it seems but we always always get the feedback out of there so uh, how can these folks get a hold of you other than hate mail russ
0: well other than hate mail you can send me uh Chocolates and champagne or something. I'll send the mailing address if you're interested. K5TUX at BlackSparrowMedia.com is where you can send email. I am also on MySpace and Identica and Facebook and Twitter and all that. You can use J.R. Woodman to find me on those places. You can uh, give us a call at 888-455-0305. If you want to leave a voice comment, and we'll put your comment on the air unless you tell us not to, you can leave a comment on the webpage, blacksparrowmedia.com-LHS, or LHSinfo.org, whichever one you feel like typing. Oh, and don't forget to throw a donation in the donation can on the website if you have a couple of bucks lying around. We're doing pretty well on getting towards uh, Dayton Hamvention so far. We have until February 1st to make our money so we can show everybody how good and how fun Linux in the Ham Shack is. And everybody was here tonight knows exactly how fun it is. That's all I've got. Back to you.
2: And I think Russ has pretty much covered it. And uh, one thing we did forget to mention, y'all make sure, uh, you, if you want to have as much fun as we've had tonight, make sure you go over to the uh, LHS website at lhsinfo.org. LHSinfo.org and check out the schedule. And then come see us at U-Spring TV when uh, we're having when we're having one of these extravaganzas. And uh, you can also sign up, to follow us on Twitter, and that kind of stuff. And we send out uh, notifications that we're going to have to show that night. So, with all that said, and no more bad words from Richard, and no more shaking the heads from Russ, and no more accusations of heavy drug use. This is Richard down in Bald Springs, Texas.